My name is Kate the Socialite, and welcome to episode 238 of The Kate Show. Guys, when I had life and business coach Andrea Libros on my podcast back in February of 2023, I didn't know that I'd end up hiring her almost immediately after we were done recording her interview because... Let's face it, there are a lot of coaches in the world, and a lot of them are really great with their clients, but it is tricky to find exactly the right coach that understands your situation and can really get inside your head and help you sort out the mess that's in there. And Andrea really stood out to me because she seemed to understand the dramatic plot of a modern female entrepreneur. She went straight for the heart of most of the problems that we face and really it all has to do with our thoughts she was ruthless in that original interview and i encourage you to go look at episode 221 and listen to it if you have not yet now apparently i was not the only one blown away by her incredible wisdom that day because i keep hearing from more of you guys who have also started coaching with her i've even recognized a few of you on our group coaching calls which is really cool now six months later and halfway through my own coaching journey with andrea I have become Kate 2.0. Not even kidding, guys. I'm more confident. I am the CEO. I am thinking bigger and with more clarity about my business and my personal life. And I wish I could bottle the results I've gotten and just like inject them into your bloodstream like an IV. But since I can't do that, I thought I'd just have Andrea on the show again. So if you feel stuck in your life or your business, you need to hear this second conversation with Andrea Libros. Make sure that you stream The Kate Show wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend too, by the way, guys. I really appreciate it when you guys spread the word about this podcast. I know a lot of you listen on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Reminder, you can leave star ratings on Spotify now. That's a fairly new feature. And thank you to all of you who have already given me those wonderful five-star reviews. So amazing. Now, before I get into my conversation with Andrea, I do want to give you a little bit of background as to who she is and what she does in case you missed the first interview I did with her. So get ready. Andrea is a certified business and life coach. She specializes in empowering female entrepreneurs to infuse thinking with action so they can drop the drama and figure out how to think like a CEO, manage like a CEO, and believe in themselves to achieve success in their business and at home. You guys, literally... All of that is what happened to me. Like, she's not kidding. Celebrated for her transformative work with unapologetically ambitious women, helping translate their visions into tangible accomplishments, Andrea is the author of the new and best-selling book, She Thinks Big. Andrea is dedicated to implementing systems and strategies that lead to sustainable and meaningful success. She possesses the unique ability to decipher complex situations and shed light on the broader perspective one that transcends business politics and tedious responsibilities. Her focus is on guiding women toward their highest potential, free from the constraints of traditional norms, to achieve a coveted balance of time, financial prosperity, and boundless energy. Beyond her coaching, Andrea is a dynamic speaker and the engaging host of the Time to Level Up podcast, where she works to help listeners create a plan to have a profitable and successful business. So guys, if you're like on the fence, I don't know, should I have a business coach? Can I even afford it? at least do these two things. Number one, go listen to her podcast, Time to Level Up. It's available anywhere podcasts exist. And then go buy her book, She Thinks Big. It's available on Amazon. If you do those two things, that's like the perfect gateway drug to working with her. I'm just going to be honest because you're going to realize that you have so much more to learn and that running your business 
and existing in your own life is actually going to be a lot easier than it's ever been before because that is exactly what happened to me. This episode is brought to you by Side Door. As a designer, you might feel like the only way to make more money is to work more hours, hire more employees, or set up a retail location. And as today's podcast guest will tell you, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to drive yourself crazy, especially when there are tools like Side Door. Side Door lets you sell trade-only products and earn an average commission of 30% on each sale, which is amazing. Not only do you have more income potential than archaic affiliate marketing has to offer, but you also don't have to worry about inventory, handling orders, shipping returns, or customer support. Just curate a room package, make the sale, and get paid, and Sidor does the rest. You can sell each package over and over, or offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each client. Either way, Sidor is a smarter way to scale your design firm. To earn money with Sidor, apply to join them. Go to onsidedoor.com and get started today. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined, automated client process to uplevel your business, look no further. HoneyBook can automate your client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, and invoices. Go to HoneyBook.com and enter the code SOCIALITE to receive a 50% discount on your first year. Now, you guys might have heard in previous episodes, I've said it's a 35% discount for two years. It's a 50% discount for one year. Here's the thing. As a HoneyBook influencer, they do give me my own link and promo code and all that cool stuff, but I don't get to control the type of discount that you get through me. So they've changed it back and forth. But currently, right now, as of fall 2023, it is a 50% discount off the entire first year. And guys, let me just tell you, HoneyBook has changed the way I run the custom side of my business. Because as some of you know, we don't just do the blogging and email marketing program. We also have separate programs for custom Pinterest management and custom website design. And those custom services require a lot of client interaction. They require us to send contracts for signature. They require us to send invoices at the right times and reminders throughout the duration of the client's project so they can get their assets to us in time or so we can remind them, hey, we need you to go look at this and review it, give us your feedback. And HoneyBook automates all of that, so I don't have to sit here and look at Asana and be like, oh, did I tell the team to follow up on this? Or did I drop the ball on this? HoneyBook just takes care of all of it, and it's been amazing. All right, guys, enough with all of the introductions. Let's get into my conversation with Andrea so we can learn how to think big and become the bold CEO that our businesses need. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Kate Show. You guys heard all about her in the intro to this episode, and I am excited to bring you the one and only Andrea, the best-selling author. Oh, my goodness. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back, Kate. I'm so happy to be here, and this is a perfect day since, yes, best-selling author. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's official, and obviously it's not all sunshine and roses, but... No, no. You've worked really hard to get to this point. It's no small thing to write a book 
much less to have so many people buy it at the same time that you get to the top of Amazon in multiple categories, I heard, actually. Yes. Yes. Crazy stuff. I've learned a lot about the world of Amazon and what that all means and bestseller mm. and how to write a book. I feel like I've gotten a whole master's degree this year in writing and publishing, all the things. So I want to know, because you kind of knew going into the book writing process that it was going to be a beast, why did you decide to do it? Yeah, I did know it was going to be a beast. It's not, you know, when I've gotten the question, was this always been something on your bucket list? And the answer is no, it has not always been on my bucket list. But why I did it was, I think it's three things. Number one, I saw the impact that my own podcast, Time to Level Up, I saw the impact that my own podcast had had on so many people and how just putting that out there in the world was seemed to be an amazing service that I was offering. I saw how people could pull apart the nugget that meant something to them, like what was applicable to them from the podcast and use it to help them in their own lives and businesses. And so I kind of thought, all right, my podcast is, you know, we're up to like episode 150. That's going. And I enjoyed it. And it's helped a lot of people. A book could do something similar, but potentially touch the same or a different audience. And it's just, you know, we need to like get things in our brains in multiple different formats. So whether you're hearing it or reading it or writing it out, because there's a lot of things I prompt you to actually write out in the book. That was the number one reason. So it's it's a service, gesture of service. I think number two, it was an awesome way for me to formulate my own ideas. Like it really forced me to create a framework. In my business, when I'm really coaching people on business, it's pretty easy for me to help them create their own framework of what they want their business to look like. You know, how do they want to structure things? What do they want to offer? How do they want to package it? When it comes to life, <laughs> it's a little messier. It's a little messier. And a lot of what I do when I'm coaching is it's it's back and forth. It's like give and take. It's a conversation. So, you know, you're giving me kind of input and then I'm outputting questions or um, different ways to think about things. But it's a two-way street. So I'm used to that two-way street, but in a book, there's no two-way street. It's me and you in your bed or listening or whatever's happening as you're reading. And I had to really get clear on how to relate some of these concepts and tools without having that feedback, without using you as an example, okay? Or whatever is happening in your world as an example. I had to get clear on that. And that was kind of a really... It was hard, like that was super hard, but it allowed me to, to kind of clean up some of my key concepts, I'll call it. Mm, so yes, that'd be number yes. two. You know oh, what I mean? Is, yeah, I mean, when you talked about having the the feedback loop, yeah, that's what we do in coaching. So like when we right. have the group coaching call, because to everyone listening, I'm still actively coaching with Andrea. It's really just a matter of like, me telling you all these different thoughts and feelings are all tangled together. And then you just kind of sit over there and you like tease it all apart, straighten it out. And then like everything seems so much clearer and so much better. And yeah. it's an incredible service. So to do that in a book format, I think that you really nailed it because when I started reading the book, 
I started to learn stuff that I hadn't actually learned from you in person yet, for one thing. Okay. And then, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more to be had. So like even the people who are already like listening to your podcast, they might think, oh, I've already heard everything that she's going to say in her book. You haven't. You're like you just haven't. So you got to read the book. But yeah, I'm just in the beginning of the book. So I've already gotten a lot of value out of it. But please continue. I just had to interject that quick. Okay. Yeah, it's true. I think in coaching, like you said, like sometimes I, you hear me on these coaching calls, like, hey, if you need coaching, raise your hand. And if you think that you don't need coaching, then raise your hand too. And just tell me what's happening. <laughs> and we will find something in there that will, if we tease it apart, it's definitely going to help you. You're going to leave in a better spot than you came in. But when you're in a book, like there's no teasing apart. I had to really tease that all apart in words on a page. And that was, that was really hard. It was a new skill for me. But the third thing, I mean, if I'm being really honest, is that it's an awesome marketing tool. Like a book is an awesome marketing tool. And it gives people kind of a sneak peek of what it might look like to, to work with me. It's a way in which I can serve, like I said, like my first point, in a different way. I can put myself out there. And, you know, a lot of times I've had the question already in the title of the book is, she thinks big, the entrepreneurial woman's guide to becoming, uh, to moving past the messy middle, yada, yada. It's a super long subtitle, but I, I had to do it. So, you know, what if I'm not an entrepreneur or what if I don't think of myself as an entrepreneur or what if I'm working for someone or what? There's still so much in there that you can benefit from. It's a way to get me out there in the world more and kind of had to put on the hat of like, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. So it's a marketing tool, but now the interesting piece of the puzzle is I have to market the marketing tool, which we could have another podcast on. Oh, man. Oh, man, we could. Yes. I mean, writing a book is probably one of the most labor-intensive forms of marketing that I have ever seen. But I know. The cool thing <laughs> is, like, it's a standalone product that can continue to serve whoever reads it for years and years to come. So yeah. it's no small thing. And I would like for you to kind of give people a good idea of what the book is about, because yes, it's called She Thinks Big, but like, what does big thinking mean? What does it mean? Like, before you explained it to me, I was like thinking big. So does this mean I should start thinking about if I win the lottery? Like, that's thinking big, you know? You could. Yes, you could think about if you were in the lottery. That's super fun. But mm -hmm. the way I'm kind of defining big thinking is it's thinking that comes from your future you. Okay, so your future you could win the lottery. But what I mean by your future you is it's not the person you were. Because think about how many times you catch yourself saying or starting a conversation with someone. Well, let me just give you the backstory, okay? Or just so you have a little understanding of where I'm coming from, okay? So our brain really loves to go back. It loves to rehash all that. So that's the past you. Then there's the present you who, like you and I were talking about, could be sleep deprived. <laughs> could be just a little, right? Just a little. Okay. So the present you could be sleep deprived, but somehow is still recording this podcast. Okay. And if you asked the present you who might feel sleep deprived, hey, do you want to stay up all night tonight? Or do you want to record 10 podcasts today? You'd probably be like, no, not really. Okay. So present you is very much in the moment. And yes, there's this whole thing about we want to be present. Right? So yes, I'm in on being present and being there and being engaged in what's going on. But what I mean by present you is like, how are you feeling right now? Or what are your thoughts right now? So there's past you, there's present you. But if you're a big thinker, 
then you go to future you. And future you could be the person you're going to be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, three years from now. I like to say you should go at least a year out, okay? And you kind of go out to that person who is no longer sleep deprived, who has two kids who are happy and healthy and going to school every day. The future you is someone who continues to have a thriving business. And it probably looks a little different because businesses evolve. So maybe some of these things you're thinking about implementing in your business have actually come to fruition. The future you is someone who is spending plenty of time doing things they want to do, right? So you kind of go to that ideal future you and you ask that future you who knows that everything actually happens and who recognizes that things are not just possible, but inevitable. And you ask that future you what you want to do today what you should do today. You ask that future you, like, hey, what do you think? Should I invest in this? Should I read the book? Should I go to sleep early? Should I jump on the treadmill instead? What should I do? Okay, and that future you totally has all of the answers. And that's what big thinking is. It's like going beyond the present into the future. And you don't have to know like all the how stuff because that's where we get caught up, right? Like, how yes. is this going to happen? Like, this seems so out there, but you don't have to get up caught up in the how. You just have to know the next best step. So, yeah, big thinkers rely on that future you to guide them. And then I kind of have identified four or five things that I think all big thinkers need to be doing or are doing if they already are kind of keys to that. But that's kind of the, the short, not so short answer. Yeah, I love that explanation because it's really about taking an active role in your own life versus passively letting life happen to you and be like, oh, no, this happened. Let me go react to it and then make decisions based on my emotional reaction. And then yes. we find ourselves in this quagmire of a mess that we need coaching to get out of, right? <laughs> yes. yes. I had a client the other day and she said, um, so we we're talking at the end of third recording this and I was like, what do you want? And she's like, I want four new clients this quarter. I just want four. And I said, okay, so what's your thought about that? <sighs> well, in order to create those new clients, I have to do this, this, and this, and they're really not things I know how to do or want to do, or just feels like super overwhelming. Okay. Like human, right? Like human. She's being honest. Like, yeah, it does. And then like, she said to me, I just don't know how it's going to happen. Okay. So I said, all right, what if we flip the script on this? What if we just say, okay, I want four new clients and it's happening. It's in the process of happening because guess what? Future you who has the four clients is, knows it's happening. And how does that then feel? And she's like, well, that feels way better. You know, like that just lifts that overwhelm right off and still I'm not quite sure it's going to happen, but okay, if it's happening, I'm excited. I am empowered. I'm driven, like, let's go. What do I need to do? Yeah, because if you know something's happening, then you have to take action now to be ready for it. Yeah, it made it so much more approachable and it kind of simplified things. Like she had all these things in her head, like 50, I need this and I need that and I need to be here. And I, whoosh, like, let's get back. I always say, how can we make this simple, doable and fun? <laughs> how can we make this simple, doable and fun? And that kind of gave her, almost like a new energy towards going after the clients. Mm -hmm. And the energy is important because if you are like in her case, she might've had to do some different marketing tasks or internal tasks to help 
attract those clients. And I get it. Marketing is not always fun. Like, no, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's really not, especially when you have other things you want to focus on. But if you can change the energy, change the thought that you have around that marketing, the marketing is not only easier, but it's also more effective. Because what I have definitely seen in my own marketing agency is that the clients who are just really hating marketing and really lacking confidence, their marketing really shows that. And it makes it yeah. even harder for them. Like they are literally becoming their own stumbling block. It's extremely difficult. So when you're coaching me or anyone else in the group coaching program, it's so fascinating to see how you always take us back to the initial thought that we have because the thought creates the feeling. And just knowing that, just knowing we actually have that much control over the way we feel about something is like so empowering. It's mind blowing. It is. And it's something that seems like when I break it down and I always say, like, you have thought options. You get to choose what you want to think, right? So you get all these options. And once you recognize that and you pause long enough to recognize it, oh, I do. I could think of this as impossible for new clients. I could think of it as there's no way I'm going to sleep through the night for the next two years because they're going to still be little. Like you could choose to think all those things. But you also could choose, yeah, like those four clients are, I would, this is one of my favorite things. They're going to come from expected and unexpected ways, known and unknown. I think that's kind of a powerful thought. So you've got thoughts. You get choices about what you, how you want to think about things. So big thinkers, that's one of the key things. They always recognize that they have thought options. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. The idea of having thought options is so freeing. And I have used that tool. I really do consider it a tool in my toolbox. I've yeah. used that tool when I'm dealing with frustrating people or situations because right when I'm about to get all fired up and probably say something that I shouldn't say, then I'm like, could I feel a different way about this? Could I handle this differently? Oh, I could. Okay. And it just de-escalates everything, helps me think clearer, make better decisions, which is what we all need to do in business. But what I see with a lot of my colleagues, I see in myself, is that we actively prevent ourselves from thinking bigger. And We do. Yeah. So can you tell me why do we do that and how do we stop getting in our own way? So in the book, there's a whole chapter on fear. It's not called fear. I labeled it something else, but it's about fear. Let's get real. Okay. So I share nine common fears that entrepreneurial women, basically all women really face. And why do we stop ourselves from thinking big? It has to do with fear and something called the motivational triad. So the motivational triad, like a very scientific concept, you can Google it. Really what it boils down to is that if you go back to the caveman era, you know, when we were all living in caves, we wanted to stay inside the cave because we didn't want to get eaten by the bears and it was really warm and cozy in there and it might be cold outside and you'd make the cave so it was comfortable for you and who knew what was outside of the cave. So motivational triads were motivated by trying to make things easy, efficient, and comfortable. So when you're doing that big thinking, when you're thinking as if you were the person who grew the business, who didn't have to be at 20 soccer games and actually had some time to for yourself like that can actually be a little scary <laughs> it doesn't sound like it like how am I going to get there that sounds really hard 
I'm probably going to have to do some things I've never done before. That's uncomfortable. So the motivational triad is what keeps us from thinking big. It's the roadblock. But here's the good news. It is 2023. There are no bears necessarily outside of your front door, or at least I hope they aren't there. There could be eventually, but let's hope not. So you're not going to get eaten by the bears. And you have the ability as a human to do hard things. And it's okay if you're uncomfortable. And you know what? If you're not efficient, if you're not like getting it at the first try, that's okay. You can try again. So we don't need that motivational triad really anymore. We can kind of say, hey, thanks so much for reminding us, but I'm going to go forward and I'm going to do some big thinking. That's what gets in the way. Like when people say like, I'm getting in my own way, I hear that a lot. Like I'll say, what's preventing you from reaching this goal? Well, just myself. What they're really saying is this motivational triad is preventing you from reaching the goal. Yeah. So such a powerful yeah. thing. Yeah, it is. And kind of the... I'll throw in here the second thing that all big thinkers remember and do is that they identify what the real problem is. Okay. So if you're someone out there listening and you're like, I don't know, I mean, what is the problem here? Like, there's no, is there a real problem? I mean, everything's okay. I know it could be better. I mean, nothing's gone wrong, nothing's broken, but something can be better. The real problem is you just don't want to experience negative feelings. It's not that the person didn't call you back or sent you a nasty email. It's not that someone didn't sleep through the night. It's not that you don't want to go to the event that you said you already were going to go to. None of that. It's that you just don't want to experience a negative feeling. So that's the real problem. So big thinkers identify that and they're like, okay, let me get my head on. Let me pause long enough to explore this. It's just that I don't want to feel that way. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like stepping outside your own psyche and being like, it is. all right, then <laughs> uh, how can we put on our big girl pants and deal with this? Because I say this because obviously I have young kids, but like kids just do everything through their emotions. They don't know how to regulate yet. And hopefully as adults, they will, because that's what the rest of us are over here trying to do, regulate our emotions, <laughs> trying real hard. And a lot of what you're teaching it's not just thought control, but it is emotional regulation. Like, like you've told me before, it's okay to feel all the things. Like you're not trying it to totally deny is. what you're feeling, but you also don't have to be a victim to them either. Correct. Like today on our coaching call, we we're talking about someone's like, I don't really, I committed to doing X and I don't, I don't want to. And I just, I don't want to. And I said, okay, you don't have to want to. <laughs> it's okay to feel that you don't want to do it. Right. And then you get to decide what you want to do with that do you want to say I don't want to do this and I'm not or do you want to say I don't want to do this and that's okay that I don't want to do it I'm going to do it anyway yeah well when you said it I was like oh dang she went there because you always do you go like straight for the heart of the issue but you were like did you know that it's okay to do stuff that you don't want to do it's like <laughs> yes like we've all been schooled now yes <laughs> yes we know we know right but I think we we're having a discussion too about um, this person had made a commitment. They had made a commitment that they were going to lead this committee. That's funny, committed committee. But they weren't feeling committed. They were just like actually feeling dread over it. So we kind of have to like, that's an example of teasing something apart. So what's behind all that? And how do we work through it? And do we just throw the towel in? 
Do we, you know, begrudgingly push forward? What happens? And we have got options, even though our brain doesn't want to offer us the options. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's kind of going down a tangent, but there's that. Yeah. I mean, that is a really good tangent. I'm glad that we went there because I think there will be a section of my listeners who are like, okay, this is really applicable to me. I'm new in my business. I need to get control of all these things. However, people like me who have been in business for almost a decade, or I've got a lot of listeners who have been in business for 30 years, how is big thinking still important for them too? So it's still important in the sense that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Even if you've been in business for 30 years. Now you may give me a whole story about, hey, in my 30 years of business, I've learned that this is what usually happens. This person's going to do this and that person's going to do that. And the mover's not going to show up on time and the staging's not going to go well. And the client's not going to like the blue wall covering because they've told me that already. But I think it's really going to go well in the room. And so I'm going to try to convince them. You can tell me all those things. But honestly, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you, as a big thinker and a continued big thinker into your later years, you have to really embrace uncertainty and almost learn to love it. Like you've got to be okay with not knowing. And I think that actually gets harder as we get older or in our business longer because we tend to tell ourselves from all the past, well, I've learned, you know, time is told. You've got a longer past. So it's a lot harder to embrace that ambiguity or be okay with uncertainty. And I'll hear my clients say to me sometimes, well, I think that's how I'm going to move forward with this. Yep. I think that's how I'm going to do it. But I just want to think about it. I just want to think about it. Okay. Like I'm all into thinking clearly, but when I ask them, what exactly are you thinking about? They usually don't have a great answer. They usually, like they might say, oh, I'm going to look at the numbers. Hey, guess what? I know you already have some idea what the numbers are. I mean, I know you don't know the exact numbers, but you know the ballpark. Okay, so let's get real. So what exactly are you thinking about? Well, I'm going to talk to my spouse or my partner. I'm going to see what they think. Okay, that's what they're thinking. What are you thinking about, right? So it keeps going back to that. And they're not thinking, there's nothing to necessarily usually think about. It's just that the outcome of whatever this decision that they're making is uncertain because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes people say to me like, what can you guarantee? What are the deliverables? Okay. (laughs) So kind of unlike your business where you can say to them, okay, you're going to get three of this a month. We're going to have two of that a month. Like you Mm -hmm. have deliverables. Okay. I mean, I have some deliverables, but not as specific as you do. What I can guarantee you is that you're going to think about things a whole lot differently and it's going to make things a whole lot easier. Like you're going to have a lot of tools in your toolbox, but that's so uncertain. Like it's so, I mean, but if you're a big thinker, no matter beginning or end, you've got to be okay with that. And you've got to learn to be okay with that because once you learn that, it's amazing and empowering. And just, we have recognized that, I think, right? Like being okay with not exactly knowing. Yeah, it's something I'm still working on because, well, and that this is probably true of a lot of business owners, we tend to get really controlling of our little universes. And the longer we're in business, the more comfortable we get being the one in control, being the one making decisions, even if those decisions are not right. And 
the idea that, oh, you know, it's almost it's giving up an element of control to be like, I don't really know how this is going to go, but I know that I can experience whatever sort of emotions this brings up in me. Because as you've explained to me, like that is confidence. It doesn't mean that you feel great about everything that happens because who can control that? Now, I like to say, like, how do I define confidence? One of the ways I define confidence is the willingness to feel all the feelings. Mm-hmm. Right? So you could roll something new out in your business. You could change your pricing. We don't know exactly know what's going to happen, but you have to be okay and, and learn how to be okay with maybe experiencing some negativity that's coming from that. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing to think about, too, is that I always like to say, everything you always wanted is on the other side of uncomfortable. Mm, the yes. best things happen when you do push yourself through that uncertainty that's when the best stuff happens it's no fun to just stay where you are like that's not really super fun you've got to go to that place we've got to experiment like another thing i think you know i've talked about this it's like let's just think about this as a science experiment let's just try it like what's our hypothesis it's sixth grade science you know mm-hmm. buns and burners are we going to prove this true or not yeah, I like that. I know that before you said to me, let's just try on this thought. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I can try it on because I can always take it off if I don't like it. You know, right. it's like you're in the dressing room, like yeah. you're at Nordstrom's and you're trying on the dress and you're like, do I like it? Do I not like it? This one's better than that. Okay. Like that's, mm-hmm. all, that's all it is. Yeah. It makes it a, a lot less intimidating. And yes. the people who are very resistant to big thinking from what I've experienced and from what I've seen, they end up in this state of what you call stuck stress. And can you break that apart? Like what exactly is stuck stress caused by and what does it normally look like? Because there are all sorts yeah. of symptoms of stuck stress and a lot of people don't even realize that are in it. Oh, 100%. So there's a great diagram, graphic, that's the right word. I've learned all these new publishing words. Great graphic inside the book. <laughs> of what I call stuck stress. So I think this is a super powerful concept. And if you have it in your toolbox, it's it can get you out of a lot of stuck situations. So if you think about something, no matter what it is, where we approach 99% of the way we approach things is like, okay, I'm gonna do this, let's go. And you've got some confidence and you've got some momentum and you're making some progress and you're feeling pretty determined and committed and it builds energy and power, okay? Then you come to what I call the messy middle, all right? And the messy middle is filled with stuck stress. So stuck stress feels heavy, okay? So progress stress, which is where you were in the beginning, that's like, do-do-do-do-do, moving right along, I get some momentum. How many people today, we were on a coaching call today, how many people were like, I want momentum, I want momentum, right? We want some momentum, that's progress stress. Stuck stress, no momentum. It's heavy. It actually increases in intensity the longer we're there. So you know how you start, I feel like it's like a heavy Santa sack over your shoulder and you're just lugging it around and you start to feel unmotivated. You get super confused, okay? Or you tell yourself you're confused. So let's get real. You tell yourself you're confused. You're frustrated when you're in stuck stress. You cannot access what I call your genius brain, okay? So you're kind of like unable to make decisions. Like all of a sudden, everything just seems like I can't focus on anything, Mm -hmm. okay? 
sometimes when you're prepping for a trip and, and you're like, I can't do anything until I get back from this trip. You're packing your suitcases, you're trying to get it. Like that's kind of a little bit of stuck stress in a sense because it grows in intensity as you get closer to the day, okay? But when you move through it and you get back to progress stress, in order to do that, you've got to take some action. And as soon as you start to take some action, that burden seems to lessen. The intensity decreases. You build up more momentum. You start to feel committed again. You're determined. You're like, I've got this. So the name of one of my coaching programs is I've got this. Why did I name it that? Because that's what everybody wants to feel. They want to feel like they've got it. They don't want to feel confused and frustrated and like a mess and spinning. So think it's, it's progress stress versus stuck stress. Progress stress, you're accessing your genius brain. You're moving right along. Stuck stress, you can't make a decision. It's intense. It's heavy. And you feel your wit's end. To get yourself out of it, you've got to take some steps. That's why one of my things is all you need to know is the next best step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it breaks it down, helps you stay a little bit grounded and present versus being like, well, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And I've got to be six steps ahead. But the truth is, you don't know how steps two and three are going to go. You can only really see what step one is going to be like. So start there. And yeah. that is another tool that I have used a lot when I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to get done or I need to accomplish this thing. It has to just be one step at a time. And I think that the reason I started to feel like I had to plan so far in advance and have like this huge running to-do list of all these things is because I willingly chose to embrace hustle culture. And I would love to know your professional insights on hustle culture. And has it helped us? Has it hurt us? What is it doing? Super good question. I think hustle culture is just kind of what it sounds like, right? It's hustly. Okay. And the best way that I think you can identify if you're in it is if you were, walk, if someone walked up to you and said, hey, Kate, how are you? How are you? What's going on? And you said, I'm, I've just been so busy. There's so many things going on. Okay. So if you're someone that says, I've just, I'm just so busy. I want you to think about that as a busy badge. Okay. So like those are the name tags, the printed name tags you buy at Office Depot. And then it says, hello, my name is, well, like, hello, my name is busy. Like I'm so busy. That's your name. Okay. Yeah. So if you're feeling that <laughs> you're probably in that hustle mentality and Society kind of sometimes treats it as a badge of honor, right? And it's not. In fact, I think it's a badge of dishonor. And we can use it as a shield or we can create our own bottleneck if we stay in it too long. We will not go to this big thinking. We will stay in small thinking if we're in hustle mode, if we feel like we're too busy because we don't have room for these other new thoughts or we don't have room to explore that, or we don't have time to go on a walk, or we don't have, right? It's just not there. And I think also on the flip side, so pretend, you know, this person comes up to you and says, instead, I've been meaning to reach out to you, but I know, I just know you're so busy, okay? Like people have said that to me. And I think that's almost an excuse for them. <laughs> like who said I was so busy? Did I tell you that? No, like you're just making that up. So that you've got an excuse 
to not engage or to not move forward with someone or to not reach out, right? Like they're using that as a burnout or a mechanism to keep them in that same place. Mm-hmm. So hustle culture is not necessarily a good thing. I don't think in any way. Now, like what should the culture be? I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. to If we removed hustle, what could it be? But I think it should be a culture of acceptance and curiosity all at the same time. Acknowledging where you are and being curious about where you can go. If you think about a GPS, okay, like what did we do before GPSs? I'm older than you and it was very, we were just, we just moved out of our house and we found a really old GPS on garment. which was like generation one GPS. So they, a GPS hasn't been around for a while, but we all use it now, right? But what you have to do to make it work is that you have to put in your destination. Okay, yeah. so you have to tell it you're going to target in this particular target. And then it's going to ask, where are you starting? In current location or somewhere else? Okay, current location. And then it calculates how you're going to go from current location to target. But if you didn't put in where you want to go, it wouldn't be able to help you. Yeah. So you've got to like move past the hustly and get to a place where like, let's get you identifying where you want to go. And that's going to be hard, but like, let's get you identifying that. And then if you think about GPS, okay, so let's say it tells you as you go along, faster route has been found. Would you like to accept that? And you're like, yes, I want to go on the faster route. So a lot of times people say, what's coaching about? Like, what is coaching? Like, do I need coaching? Do I not need coaching? I mean, coaching often will point out to you the faster route or the one that's less traveled but easier. And I do that somewhat in the book. I start to point out these routes to you. But when we work together, it also takes it to a whole other level. So that GPS is super powerful. The other thing to think about, guess what? If you decide that you don't want to follow the GPS and you take a right instead of a left, it's going to recalculate, right? It's going to recalculate your route. So it's not yelling at you and saying, why did you do that? What's up with that? Don't you realize there's traffic ahead? No, it's just like recalculating. So if you need to feel like you need to recalculate your route, I mean, a big thinker, what's inside that book, it can help you recalculate. So I don't know how I got into that. I don't even remember what your original question was. But anyway, that's, oh, we were talking about hustle culture. So hustle culture, like you can't hustle your way to target, okay? It's going to tell you it's going to take 14 minutes. I mean, if you go this way, it might be 15. This way, similar ETA, right? The similar ETA. But you can't hustle your way to target. You're just going to follow the route. And if you don't and you get off route, it's going to recalculate. So, like, that's how we have to think about things. Let's accept it, but let's get curious on how we could go to target. So, basically, what you're saying is an old school GPS has more intentionality and strategy than 50% of business owners. That's an awesome. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. The GPS knows where you are and where you want to go. But a lot of us don't know where we are and we sure as heck don't know where we want to go. Right. And if we know where we want to go, we're not even sure how to get there. But that's the strategy. So whether it's the business strategy, the marketing strategy, like you have this goal, but you have to have an actual route to get there so you don't make a wrong turn and end up spending $1,000 on Facebook ads that you didn't need. You know, not that I've ever had a client deal with that. (laughs) Right, right. So, so, so true. It's hard sometimes. Like, what do we do without GPS, right? We would have to scribble down on a piece of paper 
verbal directions. Mm -hmm. Someone told you to take a ride at the gas station or at the mailbox or whatever, right? It was hard when we didn't have a GPS. It was a lot harder to get from place to place. Mm -hmm. But now we don't even think about it. We just plug it into the GPS. Like my dad's always trying to give me these verbal directions and he thinks he's like outsmarting the GPS or he doesn't want to listen to the GPS. But kind of not having a GPS is like, is not having a guide, not having a coach, not having a resource to go to, to help you navigate this stuff. It makes it a lot harder. Yes. And I'm not really sure where any of us got the impression that we had to do life alone. I was having- Yeah, where'd that come from? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if it's just a Western culture thing or what. I have no idea. But I was talking to a client yesterday who was saying, you know, like back in the day, people used to have housekeepers. Think about that for a second. They had housekeepers, maids, butlers. Sure, not everyone did, but there was a time when that was very commonplace. No one would be shocked if your housekeeper or your butler answered the door. Right. But now, well, we've got some modern technology. I can do my own laundry. I can cook. Might not like it, but I can cook. And so suddenly we're in this alone. Like we're doing life alone. Not only that, but we're doing business alone a lot of the time. And a lot of people struggle with who do they bring on to the team. They'll usually go, I hate to say it, but for the, the cheapest route possible, oh, I got this intern. They're going to handle yeah. my marketing. And it's like, well, yeah. okay. And I end up, well, I, yeah, I do, unfortunately. And when these people are realizing, okay, I wasn't meant to live as an island, like there's a reason why tribal culture still exists to this day because people need each other and they need the wise woman the wise man in the tribe to guide them and give them the strategy because they've been there and they've experienced it and for me like that's one of the most powerful and convincing reasons to go the coaching route because like I don't really want to muddle through this by myself anymore I have tried that it's been okay but I don't want okay anymore I want great Mm -hmm. yeah it's true and I think that like I have a coach So coaches have coaches, right? And for the same exact reason. And I think being a business owner can kind of be lonely. Very. It's supposed to be all like amazing. But, you know, one of my favorite things to say is being an entrepreneur is a journey in personal development disguised as an entrepreneurial adventure. So it's really a journey in you becoming a better version of yourself. And how you do that on your own, it's, challenging like you're stuck in your own little peanut butter jar I like to say you can't read the label and you can't climb out because it's so sticky so when you've got a coach you're part of a coaching community and you have other people to almost like borrow their coaching borrow what's going on in their lives and apply it to yourself it's a lot easier and more fun go back to simple do learn fun so just that communal aspect of it and even if it's a virtual community it's awesome. Actually, sometimes I think it's better because you kind of all go back to your spots and everybody is kind of like doing their own thing. It's not like you're going to run into them at Target. And then you can kind of come back together and you feel that bond. Mm, it's because yeah. everybody's in there trying to grow themselves or their business. Yeah. At first, I was very uncertain about group coaching because I was like, oh, is this going to even be relevant? But the truth is, People will be asking questions that I didn't even think to ask and then being able to hear you answer it or help them think through it kind of makes me apply it to different situations in my own life that I've never Mm -hmm. even thought to bring up in coaching before. So it's really valuable from that standpoint, too. And 
one of the big things that you have helped me through, and I want everyone to hear this, is I did not think of myself as the CEO of my business until I started coaching with you. And I'm a little embarrassed to admit that because the definition of the CEO is what I am. I was in denial about that. I think the main reason is I was just like afraid to put that title on myself. Like, oh, what does a title even mean? But actually it changes my entire outlook because going from the freelancer mindset to the CEO mindset changes every decision, changes just how I present myself. And when you are working with all your other clients and helping them step into the CEO role, like how does that process go? Because when you start with someone who's like afraid to make decisions, they overthink everything. To me, that sounds like freelancer mindset. So then what does CEO mindset look like? You know, I don't think really, I can't think of anyone, maybe one, I can think of one client that came to me with like fully confident, like I am the CEO, but guess what? They all are CEOs and no one, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like, oh my gosh. I'm in charge. Like, what's going on here? Like, I get to make all of the decisions. We don't think of ourselves as CEOs. Oftentimes, we think of ourselves as CEOs of a household, but we don't necessarily think of ourselves as CEOs of business. So, what happens though when we embrace that is that we see ourselves as more of the visionary. Okay. We start to see ourselves as, okay, what is this future you telling me? Like, I want to go make that happen. We see that, we see ourselves, we see the vision. And then we, it becomes a lot easier to release the implementing of things to other people, okay? So I'm sure you have clients that get our prospective clients. They're like, well, I mean, I could do all this, right? I can do all this. I mean, I can write a newsletter. I could do this. I can upload my, into my email. Like, this isn't rocket science. Like, no, it's not rocket science, but... You have other things you should be doing. Let's let someone else who does this as their profession do it for you. Let's let someone else implement what you have envisioned. So you've envisioned people opening your email and clicking, yes, let's set up a consult. Okay, You've envisioned that. So let's let someone implement like how that's going to happen. And if you're still stuck in like freelancer mode, then you think you should be doing all the things and wearing all the hats. And you've got plenty of hats to wear, my friends, still a CEO, but let's kind of start to release those. It becomes a lot easier, a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable too. Yeah, it really does because there were certain things in my business. I'm like, oh, I'm still responsible to go create these things every week or every month. And yeah. Oh yeah. And, we've talked about that a lot actually. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And yes. then you were like, so yeah, well, you have these amazing women on your team. Why aren't they doing it? And I was like, that's a great question. Because another one of those questions is it gets to the heart of the issue. And then when I decided, no, I am the CEO. I am the visionary. I'm the one who has to keep coming up with new ways to reach people and serve them. It's becoming a disservice to them if I am still in the weeds all the time. So now that thing, that big content creation piece is no longer on my plate. Someone else is doing it and she's killing it. Yes. And I it's like I pay her. You know, it's not like it's for free. Right, right. So it's it's like... And I say that to the benefit of everyone else listening, like, well, I don't want to have to pay someone to do this thing. Okay, but that's called investing in your business. It has to happen because you can't do all the things forever and grow it and scale it. It's not possible. Nope. And maintain your sanity. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Sanity yeah. is a big, a big piece of it. A yes. lot of entrepreneurs have a lot of mental health issues. And dare I say, a lot of them are self-inflicted because that's just what we do to ourselves. It is. Yeah. Now, I know that when you were on the podcast before, you did share with us a few different ways that people can work with you. But can you refresh my listeners' memory and just tell them how they can find you and work with you? Yes, 100%. All right. So first of all, if you want to get your hands on a copy of this book, the best way to do that is you can go to Amazon, but you can also go to shethinksbigthebook.com, shethinksbigthebook.com, where you're going to have a link to Amazon, but you're also going to have a link to some free bonuses that are included as part of the book purchase. So that's number one. Number two, go listen to the Time to Level Up podcast, wherever you're listening to Kate and I right now, Time to Level Up. And then three, I work with my clients in a variety of different ways. I've got some group coaching. I've got kind of a mastermind coaching situation. I've got some VIP days and vision to action intensives, which is a great place to start. So there's always something for everyone. And the best way to explore all of that is to go to my website and I could spell out my big long last name, or you could just go to Andrea's with an S links with an S Andrea's links.com. And that's going to get you there too. And then I encourage you to just set up a call, just set up a call. Like, let's chat. Let's see what you need. I mean, Kate just found me because I was a guest on her podcast last time. It wasn't like we, uh, that wasn't a consult call. <laughs> that wasn't that. So I think through conversation, you can figure out if it's, if it's something that you want to, could benefit from, if it's something that you want to engage in. And, and I honestly can be honest with you and say, Hey, I think we're a good fit or not. We can figure it out. So Andrea's with an S links with an S.com and then go follow me on social media too, because I do some fun things. Yeah, you really do. I kind of like your videos out there. Sometimes you're on the golf okay, course. Sometimes you're in your office. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like on the floor. It's all good. Yeah, all I just good. <laughs> live in real life over there. And uh, yeah, everybody, you need to head over to Amazon or head over to the, there's going to be all sorts of links in the show notes. So if anyone didn't remember those links, they're going to be in the show notes of this episode. But you absolutely, without question, need to go buy Andrea's book, She Thinks Big, because it's going to start rewiring your brain. And that's a great place to start. So Andrea, yes. thank you for your time today. I much appreciate all the wisdom that you've imparted yet again. And uh, to everybody else listening, thank you so much for being here. I'll be back at you in two weeks with another awesome interview. Until then, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.